0: 50 for a highball and a buck and a half for a beer. You are stumbling into the Taken All Wrong Podcast. I am JD. He is Jeff Rick. How are you doing this fine evening, sir?
1: Uh, doing well, my friend. Yourself?
0: I'm doing good, thanks. Doing good. We're um, Our schedule is a little bit different this week. Uh, as uh, the listeners hear it, the podcast will come out at its normal time. But we're actually recording Monday night due to... Uh, me having a little bit of a hectic week so um we're a couple days removed from the gophers playing uh, a pretty good game against ohio state i was uh definitely surprised with the way the team played what what are your sort of
1: overall thoughts jeff uh way better than pretty good that i yeah. was so impressed with the effort I, someone had, I think maybe the Daily Gopher had said you went from no expectations and still kind of came away disappointed almost like we had a chance and gave that one away at times I mean that's pretty incredible considering where we were sitting here uh, on this podcast a week ago and how we were feeling the things were going to go so yeah I'm it, definitely some things to improve upon a few things to work but man I mean overall that was a lot better than I thought it would be
0: yeah I, I think the range of emotions for me from oh, we are just going to get Pummeled in this game to, hey, we kept it close in the first half to, wow, we've continued to play pretty well and keep this one close. This is nice to, holy crap, we kind of gave the game away there um, at the end with the missed field goals. And really, um, if you look at the game as a whole, um, you know, obviously Ohio State did what good teams do, which is take advantage of our mistakes. but, but really, I would say we sort of dictated the flow of the game, whether it be us um, actually doing good things or us doing bad things that led to Ohio State um, turning those into points. Um, I, I think the takeaway for me and, you know, moral victory, silver lining, w- whatever you want to call it, um, yeah, it looked like the team was able to go out there and um, actually put a game plan together that – uh, kind of kept Ohio State on its heels most of the game. in the end, uh, the team that uh, is more talented and more experienced won out. but um, I think it's hard to come away with that game from that game. Um, obviously, it, you don't want to lose and uh, the gophers do end up losing um, by 16 points, but um, tough to come away feeling horrible, I think
1: totally and I mean we you know the, the fam and I did like the apple orchard pumpkin patch thing with like the rest of humanity on Saturday morning because the weather was good and I was like ah, I'll watch it later and I got I a text from you sometime in the first quarter like uh Jeff and I was like oh boy what's happening and checked and saw the gophers were up early so I ended up watching it later but yeah it was we dare I say I think we got an offensive line um and, and it's some people trying to downplay Falei and his impact and Yeah, does one guy make that big a difference? I really think though, Jared, I wonder what you think of this too, is just that he locks down that right side and that's kind of where, again, we don't want to pile on poor Sam Schluter, but I mean, he was just a sib by that Iowa game where they couldn't pass protect and the running game was, there's not much to get there for yards and blocking when you got up front um blaze andre's is also i think improving as we went on i know people are talking about how gifted he is athletically at his size and that it was just going to be a matter of time for him to figure it out a guard and then obviously center left guard left tackle we've already got a pretty solid line there so you know putting the big aussie in and suddenly we had a running game we had pass protection we had all these things we just hadn't seen and that's against one of the best defenses we're going to see all season
0: no that's a, a great point i think i think it was when we had mv on a couple weeks ago and I talked with him about offensive line and you know really he kind of said uh, as you grade the offensive line out everybody was grading out pretty well it was really kind of Schluter as you said we don't want to pile on but that was sort of not really living up to what the rest of the line was doing and I think I think as a whole it sort of looked like man the the line just isn't doing well. The The run blocking wasn't great. Obviously, pass protection was a problem. You fill that gap, and you've got somebody over there like Falele who can hold his own. I think it was, I think, um, I can't remember the name of the player. I think he's actually a Minnesota guy. Deshaun Carroll, I believe, from uh, Creighton Durham Hall, who's at uh, Ohio State now, basically going into the game, said that uh, Falele is uh, just top-heavy and shouldn't be a problem and uh and yeah. like held his own as a true freshman. Yeah. But um but yeah, you know, you shore that up and you allow everybody else to kind of continue to do their job and everybody else is able to elevate their game because they're not having to um, you know, fill fill the hole there and um yeah, it was uh it was really impressive. My my next question obviously to you was how excited were you? I know you were, were pumped about Philele coming into this game, but um, obviously uh really really short things up there, so that was good to see speaking of which um the holes that that group was able to open up for uh mo Ibra- or I'm sorry Ibrahim I kept hearing it on on Saturday that I've been I saying know. it wrong mo ibrahim um what did you think of that i mean what what a game for him against <laughs> like you said one of the one of the more talented defenses we'll see this year.
1: It's not just that, but didn't it seem like the play calling was a lot better and like a lot more creative? Like it just some we saw the unbalanced the one of the big runs for Ibrahim there in the first half was with the unbalanced line. I had to rewind it twice to be like, why is number eighty right up line up at right tackle? But then you looked and they moved both Falele to the left side. Um, so the unbalanced line and then ran towards where the, the tight ends were, but they were doing things like that. Um, the the wildcat or the green line formation, which I know is kind of been a divisive issue among the fan base. Some people love it, some people hate it, but maybe they had done this before too, but it was the first time I noticed where so often with this, and it's what frustrated me with the Mitch Leidner era when they ran the read option, is the back is designed to go basically right into the middle of the offensive line and the quarterback would go like the next gap over. So you're, the defense didn't really have to move much. And we, I felt like we saw that a lot um, early in the season before this with Seth Green where Seth would fake the handoff and usually would keep it, but the back would go you know, either right over the center or right over the guard and Seth would just go right beside him to the tackle. So nobody had to move. But this game, especially in the first half, they were designing it so the back would go outside one way, and then Seth would have the option to go in the middle or outside in the other. And you saw a few replays of that middle linebacker and guys in the middle starting to lean to the right you know, with the back, and then they have to recover and go all the way to the left. And it was just a nice wrinkle that I saw them throw in there. So it... Again, maybe this is all offensive line, maybe it's finishing things up. I don't know. Maybe it just took this long to figure things out, but I thought not just the execution on the offense and great to see the running game, but it just felt like the play calling was better. I,
0: I agree completely and you wonder, you know, we heard um we've heard from Goby talking about last year that Kirk soroka really just felt like uh, you know, after the first few games of last season that he didn't have the players, he didn't have the talent, he didn't have the the right type of uh, people to put in to really run his game plan. And you wonder if through the first few games of the season, they were kind of trying to figure out if they had that combination. And now that they feel like they've got that offensive line short up, they're able to do a couple things, throw in some some wrinkles where, you know, the guys who are running the plays, Anikstead and, and um, Green... Um, maybe they don't have to take their first look. They can they can uh, do a couple different things. So definitely, I think uh, personnel certainly plays into that. And then you know you've just got a lot of young players that are getting experience. Um, speaking of experience, for that group to perform the way that they did on that stage, I talked last week about being nervous about how the team came out against Maryland on their first road trip and how playing at the Horseshoe was a completely different story. Uh, you wouldn't know it, uh, the way they came out and played on both sides of the ball. Obviously very um, short, even on the defensive side of the ball. A secondary that was already thin um, was, uh, was uh, going to be uh, without, um, oh my gosh, my... Brain right now. Terrell Terrell Smith. Terrell Smith. Sorry, I can't. I I kept thinking Antoine Winfield, who they were already without. So without Terrell Smith, um, and then obviously lose Coney Durr uh, in the first half from the uh, from the targeting penalty, and to just continue to um, fight back that young group. There were a couple times in the game where some momentum swings happened. Tyler Johnson's. Um, fumble on, on one of the slants. Coney um, Durr's um, <clears throat> uh, penalty, as I just mentioned, for targeting. There were a few plays like that throughout the game where it was like, okay, this is the momentum shift that's going to break the Camels back. But these this young team just kept fighting back, just kept coming back, making plays uh, when they needed to, really doing a very good job of as I said earlier, kind of keeping Ohio State on their heels. And, um, you know, they come away losing by 16 points. But, you know, midway through the fourth quarter, we're within, you know, I think nine points, six points there. Um, You talk about the missed field goals. I mean, what could have been? Again, it it ended up getting to the point where not only were we sort of feeling good about the game, but that we ended up uh, sort of giving it away. So... Um, unfortunate that uh, it ended up that way. Kind of wrapping things up on the offensive side of the ball, Zach Aniksted, uh 13 for 23, 218 yards. Did not throw a touchdown this week. Did have um, the two interceptions. I thought he looked uh, much more comfortable as far as extending the pocket this week. The slant to Johnson, I mean, I, I could not believe how they kept going back to that and it kept working, and Ohio State just never adjusted to it. It was very strange.
1: Yeah, it, I think it wasn't until late, maybe the last couple of drives, um, they kind of figured out that that, you know, that was like the one play they were running. But again, if it works that well, why not go to it, right? That he runs that route so well and gets a separation um, that it worked. and. I think overall in the game, and I wonder what you think, but it, you kind of look we're now three games into the Big Ten season, six into the season, we're halfway there. You, you kind of start looking at, okay, what can we hang our hat on? What do we think is real through this? What are we wondering still works? I think the offensive line is real, and that's going to open up the running game. That's going to give Annexted more time. He's going to be up and down. He's a true freshman. It's kind of how it goes, unfortunately. He's been throwing a lot of picks lately, and two more in this game without a touchdown. But if it if it starts at the running game and you can have that there with Mo and if we see more Bryce Williams great um, And Tyler Johnson that's back-to-back games after disappearing against Maryland where he's been fantastic, right? He had a big night and defensively that's back-to-back games. we stopped the run. I was pretty hard um, uh, You know on on our guy on our guy Rob Smith as far as you know How the defense had looked and how awful they were against Maryland Haskins put up 412 and three touchdowns but as as you said you're without Antoine Winfield Terrell Smith didn't play OJ Smith didn't play up front which is a big guy to you know to occupy some space and do it and then you lose Coney Dirt early in the game Haskins is one of the best quarterbacks in the country and is still in the running for the highs and I don't think you hang your hat at that but if this run defense is for real that's gonna go a long way that that's gonna help us out as well
0: absolutely and you know you have to look back at The way that the season has gone so far, obviously the first three games of the season being non-conference, Gophers were playing from ahead um, primarily. So other teams uh, just didn't run the ball very much, but did a a very good job of uh, stopping the run against Iowa. Unfortunately um, gave up a lot of yards through the air. Same thing um, against Ohio state. So, you know that Maryland game now looks like it was an anomaly from a run stopping standpoint. If that's something that you can hang your hat on, that this defense can stop the run, um, you know that's going to be a positive going into this stretch of games where it feels like uh, it, where it feels like we've got something or got a chance um, to get some wins in this next five game stretch. If you can make The other offense uh, a little bit more one-dimensional it certainly uh, certainly makes things easier for you Um, let's uh, let's kind of continue on the the defensive side of the ball just from a game plan standpoint you know I I think Flex said it in his his, uh, post-game comments the idea was uh, to stop the run and make them win uh, by throwing the ball obviously you've got Haskins who can do that and did do that but you know, late in this game, um, it's 23-14, to 14, Ohio State's ahead. The Gophers have had uh, three big drives where they were able to hold Ohio State to field goals when they got deep into Gopher territory. Um, I mean, there, there's something different as far as switching up schemes. Um, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not a super technical mind as far as the x's and o's of football go but it just looked like a very different squad out there and like you said i think uh i think rob smith deserves uh some kudos definitely for at least uh being able to shore up the uh the run the running game in some
1: sense yeah and we'll um again we're we're recording this monday night so nothing on depth chart or any of that and and... God, with the injury report, too, where I know they don't have to disclose, we didn't find out till Saturday morning that both OJ and Terrell Smith weren't going to play, which is kind of like, I mean, I, I don't think we had heard anything, so um, you need those guys back, but yeah, if, if the, you know, it, again, it's strange the way these things work, right, that suddenly it clicks against the best team on your schedule and the number two team in the country, and you, and you look like the team we wanted to see in a lot of aspects, um, but maybe this is the way it happens, so it would, and We had talked, I think, probably preseason about the schedule and how it breaks out, and it really looks like it's almost been a thing of thirds. We had the three non-conference games, which they got through 3-0. Second, third, we expected to be tough, at least with Iowa and Ohio State. They've unfortunately gone 0-3. And now that we can look at this this next five games and a a chance to get three more wins, but really, Jer, it's these next three games is where you really got to make your hay. Like, look, Lincoln... They're 0-6, they're 0-5, they're going to be pissed off, they're not going to be happy about it, this is not an easy game, This is. it's always a tough place to play, but Nebraska has not been a good, I, I think Minnesota right now, the way they're playing, is a better team and can win this game. Friday night against Indiana is a strange time, but they're at home, they can beat Indiana, and then Illinois, they need to drub on the road. Uh, the Illini have been awful, except for the one game against Rutgers where everyone's been doing it, because after that, Purdue's looked better as they've gone on. They put up a bunch of points this past weekend. Northwestern is always a tough matchup for the Gophers, and then you close with Wisconsin. I just feel like these next three are the big ones where you've really got a good opportunity to get those those three wins and then set yourself up really for gravy in those last three.
0: Absolutely. The, what's interesting is I, I would say, obviously all the, the games that we have coming up, different teams, um, you know, very different mindsets and things like that. The the season changes and personnel changes, and things like that. But but all bets are off um, the second half of this season if the Gophers are able to come out with creative game plans like we just saw and are able to play like we just saw. They're the teams that they're going to play the rest of the year don't have the talent level that Ohio State had. And who knows what's going to happen now? By no means am I saying we're going to go out and win the next six games or the next five games or anything like that. But I, I think we're we're still at that point where this is a five to seven win team, yeah. um, and you feel a lot better about the seven win side of that um, after coming out of Ohio State. Uh, I want to remind you real quickly. Uh, that uh, taken all wrong is brought to you by my bookie. The Gophers last week did cover. We talked about uh, that being Im- important. Uh, the that the spread of that game was four touchdowns um, going into it. The Gophers were able to salvage uh, a game where uh, they only lost by sixteen. If you would have bet on the Gophers at mybookie.ag and use the promo code wrong twenty five. Uh, you would have been able to make your first deposit uh, match dollar for dollar plus an extra $25 in your account. So be sure to uh, go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code WRONG25, and get your uh, get your uh, deposit match dollar for dollar plus an extra $25. I think that'll wrap it up for us as far as uh, looking back at the Ohio State game. We will uh, come back with you shortly and talk a little bit about what things look like heading down to Lincoln. You are listening to Taken All Wrong.
1: Hey, Taken All Wrong podcast listeners, don't forget Rivalry Weeks continue as the $5 Bits of and Chair Trophy is up for grabs when the Gophers play Nebraska on October 20th. Find us online at Chair Trophy on Twitter and at Broken Chair Trophy on Facebook to learn how you can donate to help make this chair idi fundraiser even more successful. Go Big Red, Skyuma. Feel like it was my ego. Maybe it's my decisions. Anyways, here we go. No, you full of resentment. Thought I was a hero. Started to second guess it. Guess I get the message. Give
0: yourself a couple more ice cubes, top off that drink. Taking All Wrong is back. I uh, want to talk a little bit about some uh, rough news for the program. Uh, you might need a cocktail for this one uh, that came out on Sunday, which was the arrest of Shannon Brooks, uh, obviously, Gopher football player, running back who has been out this season due to an injury uh, dating back to the spring has been talked the last couple of weeks that there was an expectation that with the new red shirt rules this season, uh, Shannon Brooks would be able to come back and play in four games this year and not use his red shirt. Uh, there was beginning to be some rumblings that, uh, we might start seeing him as part of those four games sooner rather than later. Sunday news, uh, comes out. I first saw it from, uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson, uh, that uh, Brooks had been arrested on suspicion of domestic assault, um, and uh, just curious what your thoughts were when you uh, first saw that news on, sa- on Sunday, Jeff.
1: Yeah, kind of the oh no here. I, I, probably like a lot of people, when you think domestic assault, it's like, oh man, here we go with more of the stuff that we had a couple of years ago um you know came out long after that that it was not a woman it was his roommate who was also a male just a weird story right and one where we don't have a ton of information other than there was just a disturbance or a fight or something between the two of them the cops were called brooks was arrested no charges filed as of now though they said the investigation is ongoing um kind of hard to know what this does for him and his future his present if there's You know, a big misunderstanding if there's nothing there, if this is something, as you said, because he's not even back, um, you know, eligible to play yet due to the injury. I don't know what this does for his status or for any of the other, but just just seems like a strange story.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Fleck came out, um, I think, both yesterday and today in different interviews and said, look, we just don't know very much right now. I, I can't say anything. Um, like you said, basically what we're what we're seeing in the news is that this was some type of a dispute with a male roommate. Um, doesn't sound like there were any injuries. Um, but Brooks was arrested, did um, spend uh, at least one night in jail because he was not uh, released until Monday. It is my understanding um, from talking with uh, some folks um, that in the state of Minnesota, Uh, an individual may spend the evening or spend some time in jail or be arrested um, if somebody else in the household feels threatened. Um, So whether that was the roommate or somebody else in the house who um, may have potentially... I'm I'm absolutely speculating right now. I don't know anything. Um, I haven't seen any news on this whatsoever. Um, But but, uh, just speculating that that is a reason that somebody would be um, taken out of the home and and put into uh, into jail for a time is because somebody else in that household uh, felt threatened. So whether that was the case or not, we don't know. Um, the The point is that uh, there's a lot of information still coming out. Again, as of Monday night, um, you know, October 15th, we don't know a lot, but certainly that was a kind of a gasp moment. Um, on Monday certainly isn't any better. Um, you never want to see players on the team um, getting in that kind of trouble. It's not it's certainly something that coach Fleck has uh, preached um, as far as uh, um, serving and giving and respecting people. Um, so you, you certainly don't want to see that but um, at least as far as what has come out so far um, uh, gives you an opportunity to just kind of think okay let's let's allow this. Um, to play out a little bit. we certainly hope that uh, that everybody involved uh, uh, is okay and um, if it turns out that that shannon um, didn't do anything wrong, um, then he can come back to the team. Um, if he screwed up, then um, then we know that there's a very short leash on this football team as there should be. Um, uh, shannon Brooks is a guy who, um, just within the last, geez, year at least, maybe even less than that, I believe lost his mom. Um, so uh, that's a guy who's probably going through a lot. So um, hopefully, it's a situation where he can stay with the team and and have that good influence for another year. Um, but uh, but all parties, obviously, we hope that everybody's okay, and uh, we'll wait to see how this thing plays out. Uh, certainly, Shannon Brooks will not be playing for the Gophers this Saturday. As they head to Lincoln, Nebraska To take on the Huskers Uh, Again, a reminder to you that Taken All Wrong is brought to you by MyBookie MyBookie.ag Use the promo code WRONG25 Over at MyBookie You can bet on the Gophers who are At this point, three-point underdogs to Nebraska Uh, First line I saw um, over the Twitter Was uh, Nebraska minus six uh, it has since moved to a minus three or three and a half, depending on where you're looking at it. So, um, uh, kind of a—they're uh, basically getting at this point the home field advantage, um, as uh, as people typically talk about. But uh, you can go ahead and go over to mybookie.ag, use the promo code wrong twenty five. Uh, get your first deposit match dollar for dollar plus an extra $25 as long as you make that deposit after 7 p.m. Central. Uh, use promo code again WRONG25 at mybookie.ag uh, to bet on the Gophers or the Huskers if you happen to think that. But uh, Jeffrick, uh, first line comes out, uh, Huskers by six. Uh, what, what were your initial thoughts on that? I, 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 was, a, I was a little surprised when I saw uh, Huskers minus six, but then at the same time, I was like, I'm not sure why I'm surprised by that.
1: Yeah, when I saw that, it's like, well, I need to get to my bookie immediately and, and take the Gophers and the points. Six seems high. Um, it was expecting, you know, maybe the three points for Nebraska, which, the, you know, for the usual toss-up, um, I, you know, I, I don't look at the slap in the face. I don't look at this as something where, you know, how dare they not respect the Gophers, but it did seem a little strange. I know Minnesota doesn't have a great record in lincoln overall but did win there a couple years ago and boy the way just nebraska's been playing um and with minnesota in that ohio state game surprised as i said i very surprised
0: yeah i think i would have i think i'm with you i think i expected that we would have started out with a minus three but uh huskers favored by three but i mean ultimately that's what Vegas does, what Vegas does, and that's basically where we've ended up is um, Huskers with uh, the home field advantage uh, um, betting line, essentially. Um, what do you think about the Huskers coming into this game? They, they're they 0-6, um, which I believe it's the first time in their program's history um, that they've started out 0-6. Um, they are, they've are they just extended the longest losing streak in the history of their program to 10 games um, dating back to last year. The Scott Frost era has not started um, as rosily, if that's a word that I can either use or make up, as uh, people expected, and they lose a tough game to Northwestern. They were up by 10 points and end up losing in overtime Uh, 34 to 31 um, at Northwestern. Uh, What do you make of this Husker team, Jeffrick?
1: Boy, this is not what they thought they were getting in the Scott Frost era. And by the way, I think didn't Frost go... No, he got to like six wins or something his first year at UCF before the, the undefeated stuff started, so better. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think surprised that they've been this bad, but this happens a lot of time with the coach over. We, we saw it with us, um, with the Gophers, where they had uh, kind of the the subpar first season. But boy, being 0-6, I don't think they're that bad. Got to remember, too, part of that early in the season with the losses were when they didn't have a quarterback. Um Scott Frost, in the, before the season started, making the decision to go with a true freshman quarterback in Adrian Martinez, who's been pretty good since he got back from injury. Um, but, you know, all their upperclassmen quarterbacks transferred, so they ended up with a walk-on. Uh, starting for a couple games. The offense has been better a bit since he's been back. And what he had, I think, 25 of 35 for 251 and a touchdown against uh, Northwestern. But just just a strange team and a strange year, I think, with the way it's going. And, I mean, it's going to be a team that's going to be very fired up they're at home uh, you know they look at this as an opportunity to get things rolling again um i think they get bethune cookman the week after us and then it's ohio state illinois michigan state and iowa so you know if they're looking for wins they're kind of circling this gopher game as one um where they need to get back into it but again i i think we said i think minnesota is as good or better of this team they are this is definitely a game that Minnesota can win. Um, And I I at least from the kind of looking at it initially, I I like Minnesota's chances.
0: Yeah, you know, I think um, uh, we've had some fun poking fun at the Huskers over the last few years. You let Bo Pelini go, who's a nine-win coach, uh, every year. Um, You know, they obviously had some trouble uh, following that up. And, you know, I think we've poked some fun at the fact that, you know, maybe um, Husker fans are living in the past. You know, this isn't the the Huskers of the 80s and 90s. And it's going to be tough for them to get back to that point. Certainly looked like the Frost hire um, was going to be their opportunity to bring that back. But I think as Minnesota fans, we can uh, empathize a little bit. Um, You know, obviously we've gone through enough of our uh, restarts and uh, rebuilds and things like that. From a talent perspective, Scott Frost certainly isn't rebuilding the Cornhuskers on paper. That's a more talented team than Minnesota is just um, from a recruiting standpoint. Um, But having said that, it takes execution on the field. And right now, um, you know, they're having a little bit of trouble with that. Um, You know, uh, are they a dangerous team right now? I kind of think that they are, right? They got real close to beating Northwestern at Northwestern last week, and they get to go home this week, um, play in, in, in a uh, in conference rival, part of the quadrangle of hate. Uh, Scott Frost's first uh, opportunity to play Minnesota, um, you know, back at home in Lincoln. Um, so, you know, did this team figure something out last week uh, and get close to winning? Did they have their hopes and dreams dashed? um because of the uh taking the tough loss who knows um Minnesota's going to need to be on their toes they're going to need to have a good game plan again um to be able to um beat the Huskers cuz uh Lincoln is is never an easy place to play and uh and uh certainly uh there'll be a a rabid crowd there and they'll be hungry for a win um i don't know jeff what do you what, what do you think we're we're 3 and 3 on the season um heading into Nebraska who's and six and and uh, obviously hungry for
1: a win uh, you got a prediction in this one um I, I the what was it down to three points four points three i'm I'm thinking half, like yep. uh, you know a twenty six twenty one kind of game for Minnesota. It, this is going to be another good test. They haven't. Nebraska hasn't run the ball super well, but even though Martinez, as we said, as a freshman, they've thrown it all right. JD Spielman from Eden Prairie, you know the story, the recruit we missed out on. People like to point that out. Um, but Nebraska's has been able to throw it a little bit. So we'll see if our uh, hopefully Terrell Smith is back. Hopefully OJ Smith is back. We know Coney Durrell will be back after the uh, targeting suspension or having to sit out the game, but. Um, defensively, as I said, we will see, is this run defense real? Can we slow down the Nebraska run game and force them to get one dimensional Carter Coughlin, by the way, I I feel bad. We've, I totally forgot to mention him to this point. He was an absolute beast in that Ohio state game. Um, has had a you know a fantastic season. He's a real menace off the edge for this team. Um, if you can get him going and getting Martinez's face again as well, he's been good. Just like we have, it's a true freshman quarterback. Um, offensively, we should be able to move the ball because if we can do it on Ohio State, we can do it on anybody that they play. Um, I think the offensive line is real. I think we can win matchups up front, which is obviously key, especially in this conference where, um, you know, the battles in the trenches are always so important. And if they can do that, we can get another good game running the ball. And if Sa- or if, uh, if Zach Anistag can limit the turnovers, Tyler Johnson shows up. I-, I like Minnesota's chances to put up some points and win. I think it'll be close. I think Nebraska is going to have some fight. But, boy, you wonder. Um, Minnesota can get a score early, can have a few things go right. I can really see that crowd turning on Nebraska a bit. If if things go south on them, it might be a chance to jump there.
0: Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting. Looking back at the numbers from last week's game, Northwestern, um, Clayton Thorson threw 64 times uh, for 455 yards, had three touchdowns and two interceptions. Northwestern essentially uh ran or excuse me through the ball three times for every one time that they ran the ball so um will the gophers try to follow suit will they try to run the ball i think uh we certainly have uh we we certainly have seen this past week that um we have the ability to be able to run the ball and um you know, If the team decides that they want to go out and uh, try to control clock a little bit more, maybe that'll be more game plan. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Kurt Soroka tries to do um, with this offense. I'm with you. Um, I think that this is a touchdown game. It makes me nervous um, just because... Uh, maybe just because I'm a Gopher fan. I don't know. Um, I- I'm nervous about this game... Um, because it's at Lincoln. I'm nervous because uh, the Huskers um, feel like they got close last week. I'm nervous because uh, the Huskers on paper are a more talented team than the Gophers. Having said that, I think we've got a pretty confident young group of players right now that are starting to figure some things out. I think Zach Anikstead is who is a guy that we heard about having such a, uh, such a good long ball um, coming into this season. Um, that has sort of been his downfall so far. I feel like that's going to click at some point. Um, I'm not sure if this is the game that that will happen or not, but certainly it looks like Nebraska is a team that you can throw on. So maybe maybe said finally has his uh, coming out party as far as being able to push the ball downfield um i do think the gophers win i think that this is an offense um that has an opportunity to score some points against a defense that um that has uh maybe struggled a little bit and i think uh adrian martinez gives us just enough trouble to keep it close i'm with you i think this is a uh maybe a, a 28 twenty eight twenty one or a, a 31 thirty one twenty four type game where the gophers uh get out of Lincoln with a w um, i think uh i think that and I think that'd be a very good win and i think uh you know f- uh seven games into the season at four and three you've got a a schedule coming up where it certainly looks like getting two more wins uh looks like a good possibility so uh, uh that would be a, a very nice outcome uh Jeffrick I, uh, you went to an apple orchard last week, uh, and, and missed the game, had to rewatch it. Um, I will be, uh, I will be at a, at a NASCAR race this Saturday, uh, actually an X, Xfinity race in Kansas city. Um, so, uh, uh, the race starts at one thirty. should be about a two and a half hour race. Gophers start at two thirty. I have already told, uh, members of my family and those that I'll be sitting with that, uh, I reserve the right to uh, leave the race uh, early if it looks like the gopher game is a good one and I need to uh, get back to the motorhome and watch uh, watch my beloved gophers. But uh, this weekend, my eyes are going to be on the races. So uh, I-, I hope uh, that it's such a blowout that I don't even feel the need to go back to the RV. But uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that I'm going to end up watching some of this one uh, on my, on my uh, dish tailgater. So... Uh, any other uh, last-minute thoughts before uh, before we wrap this one up for the week, Jeff Rick?
1: Um, I want you to enjoy some racing this weekend. I want you to enjoy some barbecue, and I, I really hope that you get to enjoy, at least see a little bit of a go for victory on Saturday. I I appreciate
0: that. Maybe, maybe the uh, race goes so smoothly that uh, I'm able to watch the entire race and get back and see the end of the game and, and enjoy seeing – uh, a gopher win on my television. So uh, with that, uh, we're going to wrap it up for the week. Uh, Gophers again, uh, heading to Lincoln, Nebraska. It is a 2:30 central time kickoff. Uh, they are at the moment, a three and a half point underdog to the Nebraska corn Huskers who have yet to win a game this season, but uh, we're very close last week against Northwestern. They will be playing a gopher team that is very young, but is coming off of a performance at Ohio State that, uh, dare I say, uh, was inspired. Despite the loss, uh, certainly played better uh, than anybody on this podcast uh, had uh, had expected. So, uh, with that, we will thank you again for listening to Taken All Wrong. As always, we appreciate your retweets. We appreciate you sharing this. With your friends, uh, do want to remind you that uh, the uh, gopher, uh, the broken chair, uh, the five dollars bits of broken chair um, will be having a send off party this Thursday night at Stub and Herbs. Go check it out. Even if you can't make it to Stub and Herbs for uh, the send off party, be sure that you check out. Uh, Broken Chair Trophy uh, on both Facebook and Twitter. Make sure you go to the GoFundMe page. I went there today and uh, made my donation. Hope that you'll go there and uh, make a donation to help out the uh, Minnesota Children's uh, Masonic Hospital. I think I'm saying that right. And uh, Team Jack on the Nebraska side. Uh, Both great causes and certainly we want to put our best foot forward and uh, give as much money as we can to a couple of worthy causes so thank you again for listening to "Taken all wrong jeffrick take us out
1: stay classy go gophers
0: row the boat sky you ma.